When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everybody and welcome to the 57th episode of the Serbian Corner. It is a podcast about the NBA champions, Denver Nuggets, hosted from the homeland of the best basketball player in the world. My name is Miroslav Cuk and I have plenty of thoughts to share with you after a month-long hiatus caused by me having a real life for a change. First, the biggest thing that happened from my perspective was Nikola Jokic skipping the NBA World Cup and making many sports fans, Serbian sports fans, angry. There's a lot to parse through here, but since it happened a couple of weeks ago and you already had the chance to listen to some good takes from Voya and Adam on Locked on Nuggets and also some excellent perspectives from D-Line and Dev on this channel, on the day it happened, I won't be verbose. First of all, my feelings, I am very sad. This is the pinnacle of Nikola Jokic's career, which will last for several more years. And this and next year are the World Cup and the Olympics. So it's literally his best years for the national team. I've seen comments that we shouldn't worry. Nikola will surely come back for the Olympics. But the cold reality is it will be extremely hard for Serbia to qualify for the Olympics via World, Ch- World Cup. And if they get the chance to retry next year on the qualifying tournament, that one will surely be without Nikola since it is in the middle of July. So that chance is pretty slim too. Serbia missed three out of last four Olympic tournaments. And if Nikola misses these Olympics too, his next chance will be in 2026 at the Eurobasket. And that is so far away, who knows what could happen by then. My biggest fear here for Nikola is that he might end up like Dirk Nowitzki as an all-time player without the gold medal around his neck. Lionel Messi, for instance, got his World Cup championship late in his career. Let's hope this happens to Nikola too. I famously ranked him tied for the greatest Serbian player of all time, according to Miroslav Points, and I'm sad he's not adding some more in uh, uh, Manila, Philippines this year. The other factor here is the way the Serbian national team played with Nikola so far. He was considered a nobody in 2016 Olympics when he won his only silver medal, but emerged as one of the best players of the team at the age of 21. In 2019, a fully loaded Serbian roster had him as a backup power forward. They lost to Facu Campazzo and Argentina in the quarterfinals, but beaten Team USA with Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Chris Middleton, and pre-injury Kemba Walker. That was the best Serbia game in the Jokic era, alas, not for the medals. At the pre-Olympic tournament in 2021, Serbia couldn't beat Italy at home without Nikola, so they missed the biggest tournament. And then last year at the Eurobasket again, very strong Serbia roster that was missing only its heart and soul, Bogdan Bogdanovic, couldn't get past Italy again. All of this this to say, it wasn't Nikola's fault he didn't win a gold medal in either of those tournaments. 
Sure, his chance would have been greater if he played in 2017 or somehow showed up for that pre-Olympics tournament in the middle of July of 2021, but the reality is the team didn't use him in a way that would optimize the best player in the world. The Serbian Basketball Federation is a very traditional organization that needs to evolve its national team program to become more modern and more suited to players in 2020s. Sure, for instance, Spain has a bigger player pool that has been working better over the last 20 plus years, but they also add an American player on the position of need so they can overcome the lack of depth when they're introducing young players into their program. They also have their players absolutely loving playing for the national team deep into their 30s, and that might be something Serbia just doesn't have anymore. The Serbia national team has won only four medals in the last 21 years, and I'm afraid it will get worse before getting better. That doesn't mean I won't be keyed in on the World Cup and supporting our guys that will play. It's just that the expectations need to be lowered. Serbia is probably the fifth or sixth best team from Europe in the World Cup with a roster uh, that we will have. None of the five starters from last year will be playing this time around. That's actually not true. Vanja Marinkovic will probably be playing, but he will not be a starter because, you know, Bogdan will be in his place. On the other hand, we are still waiting to see if Jamal will be playing for Team Canada. It looks like he will. Their group with France, Lebanon and Latvia is in Jakarta, Indonesia. And I would really be happy for him to be able to experience the tournament. They have a pretty young team that could start making some chemistry and become crazy good next year for the Olympics. For all of my other thoughts, more specifically connected to the Denver Nuggets next season, I wanted to bring some help in. And boy, did I get some help. First, a returning offender. He is best known as the only winner of the steps on the DNBA show. He is the biggest Will Barton fan in the world. Some would even say he is the union leader of that fan club. He is one of the first guys whose comments I was reading some seven, eight years ago on the Denver Stiffs when I was first introduced to the Nuggets fandom. Calling from Austin, Texas, it's Connor, a.k.a. Chill Deucey, or just Deuce for friends. What up, Deuce? Hey, how are you? Um, so happy to be here. Thinking about the Nuggets just continues to bring me so much joy over the past few weeks. Uh, and with some of my favorite Nuggets people around. So thank you for having me. Yeah, actually, last time we spoke on this show, that was in November last year. So full, almost full season ago. So I wanted to ask you, how does it feel today to, to be on the top of the world? And does your fandom changes now that you're, you're a fan? You know, I'm extremely envious of the people that were confident the Nuggets were going to win a championship because to me, I just, it was really surreal. I kind of like, it took it happening for me to really believe it. Um, so it's just been so fun. I mean, I've just... Uh, I don't know if my fanhood's changed. I've definitely been less invested in this offseason than typical just because I'm like, we've made it to the mountaintop. Like, it's kind of surreal. Like, Jokic is unanimous best player alive. We won a championship. I truly never thought the Denver Nuggets would win a championship. I just, I really didn't, even knowing how good Jokic is. So it's just been like, it's so cool. I mean, I'm so happy. <laughs> it's It's really always safe to bet on the field against your team so yeah i agree it was a really a long shot 
some years ago, but now when then when we see uh, how how well the team is built around our superstar, it it makes much more sense now than than a couple of years ago. Tell me, Nuggets Twitter saw your presentation on why Nikola Jokic is good at basketball at your workplace. Please tell me what was that all about. Yeah, we might. I might need to, you know, market that and maybe release it onto the internet. Um, I work for this pretty pretty small company. It's kind of a startup energy, and we have a weekly meeting. And the the previous format was getting stale, so uh, started asking employees to give presentations about anything, like op- completely optional. And of course, like I'm just annoying. Uh, so I wanted to do a presentation and, you know, kind of did a bit where I just really broke the film down for my coworkers for, uh, you know, Nicole Jokic for 10 minutes. So I had a great time. Uh, and now a few more people understand why Nicole Jokic is so great. Now we definitely need to see that. So please, please (laughs) share it with the world. Okay, another returning offender is joining us now. He is a co-host of the ever-growing Nuggets podcast called Four Corners, a long-lasting MPJ defender, a Coast Guard, also a Denver Stiffs comment section legend, calling from sunny Louisiana. It's a guy who is bucket since 88. It's Peter Martin, a.k.a. West Bank Pete. What's cooking, Pete? What's up, Miroslav? Last time uh, we talked was in a world uh, where the Nuggets were ringless, and uh, yep. now Nuggets are world champions. Feels good. Yeah, so I really need to hear your updated uh, takes on the Nuggets uh, today, uh, more specifically on your Nuggets fandom today, because I've, I've heard them on your podcast, but just for the people that still didn't get around to, to hear Four Corners, please give me a bit uh, about your uh, updated Uh, fanhood takes yeah i mean i don't feel like anything's really changed all that much i mean i'm still just invested as always um definitely that feel like the pressure's off you know so it's kind of like all these other moves are happening around the west and i just don't care as much as in the past it's like they're all chasing us so i still haven't seen a move that's that's got me shaking in my boots you know I've, i've been just you know relaxing this summer i took a geography class um i was pretty good on western geography you know, I know that uh, Utah's got the big salt lake, but I found out that in uh, in the, on the East Coast uh, near Philadelphia, you know, right next to it, they got the, the Delaware River. They're, the city leaders are thinking about renaming it the Salt River for all the tears from the Sixers fans that are just flowing <laughs> through the streets and, uh, you know, into the city eroding the streets. It's really sad. <laughs> yeah, I, I really feel for them. It's it's really sad to to see a whole fan base completely uh, melt down like that. It's it's really what what we didn't want to see. Okay, and last but certainly not the least, a Serbian corner debutant calling from I I hope I'm not messing this calling from Cyprus, California. It's not S- Cyprus like in the Mediterranean Sea. It's a place called Cyprus. Just like Deuce and Pete, one of my favorite Stiffs commenters, a guy with very strong nugget takes that are not easy to argue with. He is a former writer for the Denver Stiffs also. You can find him on Twitter as at RxSmart2, but his real name is Ray Martinelli. Welcome to the show, Ray. Hello. First time here, so I feel like I'm the definitely going to be the, the noob, <laughs> like not knowing what to say. Or just stepping all over you guys. So, 
I, I would have to go back and look at some of the, your older tweets or older comments. And since I've spent the last two weeks at the Aegean Sea in Greece, I did zero prep for this show. So based on my memory, that's not getting better every year, but it's getting worse. I believe you weren't surprised with the Nuggets Championship this year. Am I um, right? Well, maybe this year. Um, I, I felt like the, the window sort of opened as, well, the year they got Aaron Gordon, maybe even the year they got Jeremy Grant. So I figured, like, out of those next five to seven years, there would be one in there. Um, and so I wasn't really, like, <clears throat> surprised that it happened. But then as soon as, like, the beginning of the playoffs started, it was I was kind of like Connor or, like, dude, sorry, that I, I just felt like, ooh, this is this is kind of scary. Like, at least I was, I was worried the whole time, even though I felt pretty confident. Um, but I, I did think at some point it would happen. But you have, like, what, five to seven tries, and then it, two years of that got taken out by the injuries and then since then it's been great yeah and this offseason has been I, I just the funny thing for me is I like to like read or watch like YouTube videos of when people are talking about the Nuggets and they say they're the best team and they always put it at the end by far and it's like uh oh man that's just great to hear and, it, and it's totally true in my opinion yeah D'Angelo Russell actually a couple of days ago said that Nikola Jokic is the best player in the world and it's not close which is pretty cool to hear from LeBron James's teammate. <laughs> like, yeah. he's probably like, I, I, I already got, got that extension. I'm not staying on the Lakers for more than two months, so I can say whatever I want. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm guessing that was it. Okay, uh, I, didn't, I don't want to go very long on this first segment, so we'll take a short break and then we'll start uh, the actual Nuggets talk. Okay, enough to chat, down to business. I wanted to start with the news we got from Mike Singer a couple of hours ago. Vlatko Cancar uh, played yesterday for the team Slovenia against Greece and he had a, a, a bad landing, I guess, on his left knee. And now we know that he actually uh, has a torn ACL, which is devastating news for his career. That means at least nine months of, of recovery. And that means that this season for him is already over even before it started. So this is incredibly unlucky. I felt this was the season for him. Nuggets Bigs rotation never had as few players before him as this summer. And then we get a freak injury on the preparation game for the national team. The Nuggets still have a team option on his contract for 2024-2025 season. So the season after this one. And I don't know if they will pick it up with these news. We might have seen the last of Vlatko with the Nuggets and also at the NBA, to be honest. But I sincerely hope that's not the case. Having said that, Denver now has on the bench only DeAndre Jordan and Zeke Nagy, unless you want to count Hunter Tyson as a backup four. They're not very reliant on... I mean, they're now very reliant on Zeke staying healthy. And if he does, he'll probably uh, will probably learn in the first couple of months if the Nuggets will try or even be able to to extend Zeke because he is on the expiring contract right now. So, guys, what are your thoughts on Vladko and the Nuggets? You know, bigs rotation after the news. Let's start with Deuce. Yeah, I mean, terrible news. Obviously, Vladko kind of 
you know, maybe established himself last year as an NBA player. And then obviously opportunity this year to, you know, I think, you know, physic physically Zeke should probably be better than Vlatko, but I'm not sure that necessarily is true. And I'm not sure that's how it would have played out this year. So, I mean, it's a huge bummer because I think he's kind of just a reliable, you know, NBA player, although it is so interesting that he's just been in and out of the rotation so much over the years that it's hard to say that for sure. And it's not always necessarily clear what, what is holding him back. But, you know, I mean, I just think the Nuggets are kind of thin. So obviously someone getting hurt is horrible. And Blacko just terrible timing for him. So I feel for him. And it was on such an awesome Blacko play. Like he's sneaky athletic, like c- climbing through the trees to, to yam one. Uh, he can do that. So it's just it sucks. Peter? I just feel bad for Vlaco. I mean, I thought he played well last year when he played. Um, obviously, Malone didn't trust him in the playoffs for some reason, but, you know, it worked going with Jeff Green. Then they don't bring back Jeff Green, so I think that kind of signaled confidence in uh, in the players that we were bringing back, uh, Zeke and Vlaco, and now it's pretty much all up to Zeke. You know, now it's, it's sort of like the red, carpet, the red carpet is rolled out for you, dude. Like, you're going to get minutes. Let's see what you can do with it. Um, I think the biggest bummer about of it, you know, other than just it sucks for Vlaco is I think you're going to have more guys sort of kind of be forced to play out of position now, because if you look at Malone's options, he's pretty much either going to have to play Zeke at the five full time or he's going to have to play DeAndre Jordan. So not really a great option either way. Um, I imagine he's not going to play DeAndre Jordan game one of the season, it's kind of going to be like a by emergency, you know, matchup type thing. So we're going to have Zeke at five, and then he's probably going to have to stagger MPJ or, you know, unfortunately do what he's done in the past, which is play guys up in position, you know, shift Christian Brown or Peyton Watson to the, to the four on bench units. So it, it's going to, he's going to have to mix and match some things. Um, but, you know, the bench has always kind of been in flux ever since, uh, you know, ever since the Nuggets have been a contender. So as long as they can piece it together in the regular season and stay above water, I'm not I'm not that worried about it. I still think they have enough to to be formidable by the time they get to April. Ray, before the show, we we, we chit-chatted a bit, and you had some interesting uh, takes about the, the Bigs rotation now with these news. Um, yeah, first of all, I don't, like, do we know what position, like, Z, not really, sorry, but what position... Um, Blackco is playing because sometimes he kind of plays. I guess it's mostly four, but every once in a while he does kind of shift to the three. Or am I just misremembering that? Maybe not this year. Because I do wonder if like this is going to force Malone to do a lot more staggering, which is something that I think all of us have, you know, wanted for for a lot of this this whole time that they've had the the uh, bad bench. So in that way, I, I I mean I think that there could be some positives from this. Um, for next year, it's going to be hard, I think. But what about for future years? You're going to have these rookies that are playing more than they probably would have with a, without with Blacko there, without Blacko. So you're going to hopefully get them a little more experience quicker. So maybe it's it hurts them this year. Uh, but possibly in future years, they're going to be a little bit further ahead than they would have been. And then what was it that we were talking about before? I, I totally forgot. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I do feel like the bench it seemed like it didn't have a lot of shooting it. And that's if Mike went with a, uh, Mike, Mike goal went with a. Now 
if you're forced to throw somebody like Hunter Tyson in at four, it really becomes a, a really, really nice shooting backup you know, unit, or it could be. So there could be some positives. I mean, obviously, it really, really sucks for Zeke. For Vladko, yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh, for Vladko. The, 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 thing, the thing about this that's uh, that's interesting from the roster uh, construction point, and that's really not the, the most important thing right now. The most important thing is to... to to support Vlatko in recovering fast mm-hmm. and and hopefully coming back to the Nuggets for the season after this one, but the Nuggets have 15 guys locked in their contracts. They don't have anybody that's really expendable. I mean, they do have DeAndre Jordan, who is a you know a security blanket, but you don't want to trade him away to you know to get somebody to replace Vlatko, and you don't want to trade away. Reggie Jackson, you know, because you don't actually have a point guard outside of Jalen Pickett uh, behind Jamal Murray. So it's it's really interesting. The Nuggets have a lot of wings, I guess, much more than we we are used to. And we are used to rosters with seven power forwards, and this is the first year we are entering with, like, one on the bench. Yes, sure, we do play, like, two power forwards in our starting lineup, and the Nuggets actually... Uh, did play a lot with those combo forwards before, so you you can say that Vladko actually fitted that bill, like Aaron Gordon, like Michael Porter, like you can put him in either of those positions, and he's competent at least in either of those. So, do do we expect? I I, I kind of think that DeAndre Jordan is now playing from game one. I I I just could not imagine Michael Malone relying on so many rookies of the bench. What do you think, Deuce? I think there's a chance that DeAndre plays a little bit to start the year, but obviously I just don't view that as sustainable success-wise to rely on DeAndre night to night. Um, I, although, to be shout-out to the DeAndre Jordan dunk against the Timberwolves. That was like a sneaky, great moment in the playoff run. Uh, <laughs> um yeah, it's really tough because I think the Nuggets need Zeke to be a five. And I think one of the biggest struggles with him and his career thus far is like he just kind of, you know, hasn't necessarily proven to be a five. But I think best case scenario for the Nuggets is they can play Zeke at backup five. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, DeAndre, I mean, I think he's going to play a little bit, but I would – I think everyone would be concerned if he was a rotation norm. Peter, if Zeke is a five, who is the four of the bench? And please don't say Aaron Gordon because I don't want him to play 40 minutes from the jump. Well, it's either have to stagger MPJ or it's got to be Hunter Tyson because I just don't want to put Peyton Watson or Christian Brown in that position. I just think they would just get destroyed on the boards and you know, physically. What do you think, Ray? I think uh, just just like Peter, Pete said, it's probably going to be MPJ, Aaron Gordon, Hunter Tyson, like a combo of that. Like, I think that if we just put one guy into that backup role, then it, it's, it's, it's not going to be that. Do we know, like, if Mike Malone is going to be the same as he was in previous years? It's something I've been thinking about because – you know, he seemed really wound tight, especially in the regular season when it comes to people making mistakes. But now 
first of all, he's got a championship. And so his he's pretty much certified. His job is secure, I think, no matter what. What about, you know, and also Calvin has given him this young, young roster. Do we think that maybe Michael Malone's going to be different this year? And I, I actually kind of do. Like, um, I think he's going to let a lot more things slide. And so maybe it is going to be one of the young guys. Like Ray, I I absolutely love that point. I mean, that's I think that's a huge storyline for this year. We've always seen Malone and the Nuggets essentially push for every game uh, in the regular season, and some of that was by necessity due to like, hey, we need to we need to win games. And I, I do think the one seed is important for the Nuggets, but I think it's going to be really interesting to see if like Malone's more chill. <laughs> or he I might... think it's possible, but I also think there's a chance that. <laughs> It's not possible at all, and Michael Malone's just Michael Malone. He might completely desert the staggering and playing his starters 36 minutes straight, like <laughs> in every game, and just eating those 12 minutes of, of minus nine every night, hoping that that will not be too much to, to, to gather with this. But we don't know. We don't know. It's it's too early. We, we need to see at least those pre-game, uh, pre, uh, pre-season games to... to to get a better grip of what he's going to do, I, I actually think that Peyton Watson at the four might be, might be an option. There, might they might try to play more switchy on on defense. I mean, they 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 have the potential to be really good defensively. I just am afraid about Zeke's health playing at the five. That's, I mean, not a lot of teams have those big bruising fives, but those that have. They're they're gonna be uh, plenty uh, plenty for him. Okay, let's let's now move to another question. And this question was actually asked by Brad Arnold on on X, and that's not some secret society. It's what we are forced to call a social network, formerly knows known as Twitter. So these questions are Brad's concerns for why the Nuggets might not repeat next season. And let's go one by one and see what his um, uh, doomsday scenario is. So, first of all, Brad asked if there is a potential for locker room discord between Jamal Murray and Michael Porter fighting for the number of shots and playing off each other. My first thought here is that this is something to monitor because MPJ is a former projected number one pick that should finally be able to hit the ground running two years after his last back procedure. And Jamal hopefully starting the season fully conditioned and ready to attack that all-star, all-NBA tier and get that 35% of salary cap Supermax extension next year. Having said that, MPJ still has four years on his deal and has shown incredible team-oriented basketball last year especially. So I'm very optimistic he will accept that super role-player role again at least for another year or two, and let Jamal go get his. Of course, I hope to see more good minutes of them playing together without Jokic and really expanding their chemistry. By the way, don't expect Nikola to take a back seat so both of these guys could significantly increase their production, as Nikola is just stumbling on 25 points every night, when even when he's concentrating on working the other guys into their best selves. So let's let's start with Peter this this time around. You are a big MPJ guy. So can you see a world where he is like, "Come on guys, I gave you a championship. Now now let me 
be a guy? I mean, I could see him wanting an increased role, but I don't think it's going to be icy between him and Jamal because I feel like we have enough of a sample size with Jamal now that he's fine with chilling until the playoffs. I mean, I'm not saying he's not trying or anything, but he he turns it up a notch in the playoffs. So if MPJ wants to eat a little more in the regular season, I don't feel like anybody's going to have a problem with that. You know, Jokic is unselfish, pass-first player anyway. I agree with you. The Jokic isn't going to like – he's not going to drop down to like 15 points a game or anything like that. But I think that Malone's going to stagger those two. So whenever Jamal's on the bench, MPJ is going to get to cook. And, you know, I think a lot of times last year with Bruce Brown, you know, even though Bruce Brown was pretty good for us, he's still more of like a – score first type player. I don't feel like anybody on the roster outside of Jokic really set MPJ up all that well. And, you know, Reggie's going to get a bigger role this year. And even though I know people would probably consider him a, a score first guard, he's already got his contract locked up. He's not trying to have some career year the way Bruce Brown was. So I just feel like if he's healthy, if he's, if he's bouncy, if he looks good to start the season, there's no reason they can't run a lot more plays for him. Ray, do you think there is there is a chance that you know locker room might not be as good as this year? Um, with respect to MPJ, I don't think that really there's much of a chance. I guess I'm just like super impressed with how like not only mature MPJ has been throughout this whole process, like from from you know the first time he actually showed up, but also I, I just really trust Jamal, really trust Yoke that they're going to, to make the right play, and I don't think that. Jamal's got to score 25 points to become, you know, all NBA, get this, this uh, big deal. I think that it can be something where he just has a lot more impact and maybe that doesn't even show up in the, um, in the actual bulk stats. But I think that the impact is going to be where he's felt. And I, and I think that they just have a really good like relationship on the court and like, or just the, uh, the way that they all play together. It just, I don't really see like missed passes to MPJ, at least from those three, uh, from those two, at least. So I couldn't, I don't think that this is going to be the year that he's that, you know, that this would happen, but maybe in the future, like if it just, his role doesn't you know, ever expand possibly. I, I just don't think that's going to be a problem this year. And also with Flatco's injury, there's probably going to be more shots um, that are just the, the, um, that, that maybe keeps him wanting to get, Maybe. Deuce, what do you think? What are the yeah. chances of, of... I think uh, I'm not concerned with it. I think the framing isn't necessarily about Jamal and Jokic. I think it's more about, like, MPJ's game. Like, I mean, if we talk about what we've seen from MPJ the last two years, like, what would MPJ cooking look like? Like, he doesn't exactly create for himself with his body the way it is. That being said he continues to look more healthy and that makes him look more like the prospect MPJ. And so I think naturally, like as he gets more fluid, etc., he will be able to acquire more shots for himself within the offense that I don't think he necessarily can right now. Like, I don't think it's being iced out. Like I think his role is kind of perfect for him um, from what we've seen. Um, you know, I think there, I think, For him, some things I would love to see him focus on is just uh, quicker shooting off of screens, you know, his DHO stuff. Like, I think there's things he – like, it's incredible how good he is 
uh, where, with areas like that where he can improve. I think he can get himself two or three more shots a game if he's like kind of hits screens a little harder and, you know, improves his footwork, et cetera. So for me, not to pick on MPJ, but I think his role will increase as his like as his skill increases and now as, as his body f- continues to feel better, which I think it really is clear he looks better the further he gets from the, the injuries. I think we can all agree that that the starters will be really, really good this this year again. They will probably be the best starting lineup in the league, probably the best five-man uh, lineup in the league. Now, Jamal Stagger last year in the in the regular season didn't work really well. It wasn't the best lineup out there. How important is it is it for the Nuggets that Jamal Stagger is good, and is there maybe a chance that that we get more like Porter Stagger instead of Jamal Stagger and and see if Porter with defenders could uh, could just cook uh, the other uh, backup units? Whoever wants to take this one, I guess I'll go. Um, I think that, that everything is on the table. Like I can see. Uh, you know, Reggie playing with Yoke a lot and then Jamal staggering. I, I definitely think that earlier on, like last year, it was it didn't really work well in the regular season. But I, I kind of wonder how much of that is just him getting back from injury. And then you had Bones that were taking up a lot of possessions before that. And then, you know, they just weren't playing very well after that. Um, I, I think that everything is on the table. But what I would like to see is a lot more. And this is uh, alluding back to my previous answer. Of now that Black goes out, you will hopefully see MPJ with the bench, and maybe he just provides that offense, which isn't going to be pretty, but at the same time, it's probably going to be pretty good. So, I mean, that'd be something I'd like to see. Yeah, I think, I mean, I would just love, yeah, MPJ with the bench is just fun because it's like, yeah, I mean, I think we would all love to see like MPJ getting more shots and what that looks like. So, I mean, I, be- I believe in the Jamal Stagger. I think it, I think it caught too much flack last year, um, but I think I think ideally try try what you need to try out. And I mean MPJ with the bench, in theory, sounds fun. Peter is is Reggie Jackson a good point guard for Michael Porter in the stagger? Uh, he's a point guard. I mean, <laughs> I'm open to it. You know, they brought him back, so. Uh, they obviously liked him enough to give him a chance, so uh, I'm rooting for it. I hope it works out. Just so you guys know, I mean, you don't even have to ask, but yes, the Will Barton Union is is taking on Reggie Jackson as a client. Uh, <laughs> okay, we'll be working closely with with Reggie this year. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm glad to hear at least somebody is representing him because the fanhood, the the, the fan base wasn't really really great on that. Uh, well, one thing Reggie, I, oh yeah, I was gonna say with Reggie, like I think that maybe, maybe possibly they're paying him a lot of money to just be a guy who can play but doesn't have to play. So I would not be surprised if he's at some point out of the rotation and, and they see how that goes, because um, I, I I just can't really justify the contract any other way other than man that was that was pretty crazy to pay somebody for that. But maybe it is like his his last deal and they're just uh you know, paying him to basically be a good soldier that they might need. I don't know. Yeah, you never love a contract. And, like, my first thought is, like, yeah, maybe it's, like, for trade structuring. 
I did say the same thing about DeAndre last year, though. I was I was like, yeah, he's good. He's a good locker room guy. Everybody likes him. He can play. He doesn't have to. And it, it really worked out. And people yeah. were. Yeah, and uh, Reggie is a. I mean, he's a very competent player. He he scored like 18 points in playoffs only two yeah. years ago, or three two years ago even. So he 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 can play. I I think that that if he's out of the rotation by the end of the season, that's actually a, a really good outcome for the Nuggets because that means that Jalen Pickett is probably really good and mm-hmm. he's overtaking his minutes. And that's, that's, that's something you always want to, to hear. And more about the rookies in our third segment, but before that, we need to take a short break. We are back. We have another good question from Brad. And he said, he asked... What if none of the Nug- uh, Nuggets youngsters hit, starting from Peyton Watson and then, of course, the rookies? This is a real concern to me. Depending on this development, we'll be able to properly assess Calvin Boots' moves this summer. If some of those guys hit, he's a genius. If none of them do, it's going to be a rough look. I'm lower on Watson than boast only because I haven't really seen him in mini- meaningful NBA regular season games. He played double double digit minutes in six games last season, and you've guessed that it was the last six games of the season. He actually played 17 or more minutes in all of those games. The Nuggets lost four of those games because they were not playing for anything. But nobody is tanking in October and November, so we'll see pretty quickly what he is ready for this season. Of course, we should expect some positive strides from him during the season, but we'll see. Let's wax poetic about the expectations of Peyton for a bit. So, Ray, what do you expect of of Piwat? Well, so we've seen him like in summer league and then also like in the last few games, he had like an increased role, I would believe, from where he was at you know, where he's going to be this year. So I, I kind of do have a little more confidence in him than just just because his role is going to be, I hope, at least the more limited, he's not going to be taking like these high usage roles on. So I think if you narrow down what they're asking of him, it could be pretty good. Um, I don't think it's a guarantee, but I, I feel pretty confident in it. Um, when he was out there, did he, he kind of looked like, a, I mean, he looked like he was an NBA player. He looked pretty decent. He was making enough plays to make up for his mistakes which, you know, is kind of the opposite of a Christian Brown, but, like, it's still, I think, livable or passable. Miro, Miro's muted. I'm going to I'm gonna jump yeah. in and say, yeah, I'm so excited for the Peyton Watson experience. Like, if you reflect on the Nuggets team building, I mean, how many pure, like, athletic wings have the Nuggets had? in the last eight years i mean pretty much none i would call gordon and mpj like different versions of that sort of wing um so like just kind of like your classic like paul george type of archetype of wing is just obviously one of the most fun things to watch in basketball so you know peyton i think he's going to be incredible in transition i think he's like the amount of splash defensive plays he had at the end of last regular season was just crazy i mean it was just wild uh he immediately looks like our best rim protector uh, as a 19 year old so i think i think obviously the hype's probably a little out of hand like i mean he's probably going to have some like down moments 
which is completely to be expected, but I'm super, super excited to watch him play. Um, I, I think he'll probably have it. I mean, everyone said this, so whatever, like he'll probably have a similar track to Christian Brown at last year, maybe, maybe more of a lock in the rotation with the Blackco injury. But I mean, I think, I think he'll probably have some times where, you know, Malone has to pull him. Peter, that's the best case scenario, right? If he has the, the same ramp up like, like Christian Brown last year. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's interesting when we, when we talk about basketball and we talk about players as individuals, I always think it's interesting because it's so easy to just look at what a guy does well and doesn't do well. But I always have to look at it from the perspective of what's your role on the team and what kind of team do you play for? And we all know how good Nikola Jokic is, but I don't think you can really underestimate how incredible Jokic is at bringing fringe NBA guys to being competent NBA players. I mean, just look what he did two years ago with all the injuries. I mean, the fact that that Nuggets team beat the Blazers in a playoff series still blows my mind. So if you bring in Peyton Watson, who's, like Du said, one of the best athletes we've had in a while, this isn't a perfect comparison, but it kind of reminds me of that first season with Jokic and Kenneth Fareed. You know, he was more of a true four, but think about all the easy baskets Fareed got just by being active and hustling. There's no reason Peyton can't do the same type of thing. So to me, I think he's, you know, he's he's a guy that, yeah, you want to play, but he was still really engaged on the bench last year, you know, watching everything, talking to vets, asking questions, being a sponge and just learning. And so, yeah, I think there's going to be some rough parts for sure. And But the good thing about Malone's coaching is if we've learned anything, you know, if you look at the way MPJ's careers went, you know, steady uphill climb, I think it's he's going to treat Peyton the same way, which is he's going to, you know, get on him about mistakes. And I really think he's a guy that we just have to be patient with. He'll have some flashes early. He'll get benched here and there. But I think as long as he sticks with it, he's a guy that's really going to prove a lot as the season goes on. Just uh, out of the, the three rookies, who do you have the most hopes for, you know, of being impact players? I mean, when, when I was thinking about this, I mean, you guys think about this. I reflected on me consuming Summer League. I mean, I think Hunter Tyson's the best nugget, nugget that's ever been at Summer League, performance-wise. Like, I think Bones is the other one that came to mind for me that was, like, awesome at Summer League. Um, but especially relative to expectation, I'm just like – I mean, have the Nuggets had any all summer league players in the last seven years? Like, I don't know if we have. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, obviously. So, yeah, Hunter Tyson looked amazing. Like, that was so funny. Uh, that was so sick. Um, highest expectations for this season, probably Jalen Pickett, just because I think he also kind of looks like an NBA player. And the question for him is, is he a third string point guard or, you know, a second string point guard? And I think uh, – I think there's kind of a clear path to him playing a little bit because I think he could play with Reggie even um, pretty easily. Uh, Tyson now, you know, I think has a more clear path to minutes. Um, so that's really interesting because I think he looked incredible at Summer League. I think Strother, I love the Strother pick just because I think that skill set is a skill set that the Nuggets like badly needed. And in general, we we typically haven't brought in like you know, kind of motion shooters and like really good bench shooters. So I think Strother will be, I love his fit. I think he kind of looks like he is a guy that needs to maybe develop a few more skills to like be on the NBA floor consistently. Okay. So Ray, let's, let's try to handicap this. What are the odds that none of the rookies are 
good rotation players next season. Okay, let's define good though. Like, do we mean as good as say Jeff Green uh, was last year? Or no, 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 no. Good, no, like that, that, that's that's probably too good. I mean, like, not disastrous. Not like oh, cool. take this guy out of there because we are bleeding all the time because of he is on the on the court. So none of them. Um, I would say like plus three hundred, plus four hundred. I'm pretty confident that one or two will hit. And when I when I say hit, I mean they like they'll just be. You'll look out there and you won't think that they're they don't belong. And I think it's actually going to be higher than that. So I would say, yeah, plus 300, plus 400, four to one, three to one. Or I'd say like five to one, four to one. I'm pretty Either. confident. 20%. I don't know what that means, but I heard pretty confident. So let's go. 20%. I should just say that. I don't know. I, I don't think Pickett or Strother are going to play much next year. Uh, I think Hunter Tyson's the only guy that's really like got a chance. I mean, the wor- at the very least, he's going to go out there and be six eight, you know, so he can get rebounds and hopefully hit open shots. I mean, if you saw, if you watch summer league, he he wasn't doing anything crazy. He was playing smart basketball, catching and shooting open shots, pumping and driving when they're closing out hard. That's something you can do at the NBA level, and those shots are going to be there as long as he's playing with, you know, guys that are playing the right way. So I think his skill from what he did at summer league is. I'm not going to say very repeatable, but like that style of game, he doesn't have to like change his game or improve all that much to me to be an impact player. Whereas to me, Strother's got a long way to go on defense and in the strength department and pick it just, you know, I don't have enough time to pick, pick apart his game right now. I'm just, I don't think he's going to play next year. Oh man. I love Pickett So I think uh, I, uh, I, I disagree. I think he's going to actually play fairly early. Um, I, we'll see, but he's—he just reminds me a lot of like, almost like a, a, a hybrid of like Monte Morris and um, and Andre Miller in that he doesn't really make mistakes, but he still kind of uses his body to get where he needs to go, and then just such an amazing passer. I, I don't know how they're going to be able to keep. He's a sick passer, dude. Yeah, his highlights from college are sick. Yeah, yeah. Um, My- his thing, I, th- I think Pickett that maybe has the thing that's gotten maybe a little overlooked is yeah, look at summer league and then the very little tape review that I did. Uh, defensively, he gets destroyed on screens. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, for him, it's more defensively, but uh, I love Jalen Pickett, he's cool. Yeah, w- one, one thing that was the most interesting to me about Hunter Tyson, uh, pick is the fact that when he was picked by by Kellen Booth, everybody was panicking because nobody had him in their top 60 big boards. <laughs> and, and I just loved that. Like, everybody got, who? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the meme. <laughs> like the meme. And then it's it's quite possible that we'll get the most impact guy in the first year at, at least. I mean, he is a fifth-year guy out of college, so it, it makes a lot of sense, really. It's It's... It wouldn't be that that much of a surprise. Okay, let's take another short break and then we'll come back with a game. Okay, we're back. A shorter final segment for today. I've prepped an interesting game for you guys. Um, and it's a game about the two fan bases we like the most. We like the Lakers fans when we like the Philly fans. So I this this game I've called a 76er 
a Laker or both? I will give you a name of a player and you will tell me if this guy was on the Sixers, on the Lakers, on, or on both. If you just say one and he's been on both, that's not the correct answer. So, first guy to answer we, would be are we Deuce. Racing? Sorry? Or what, are we racing to answer this first? Is that the game? No, 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 no. You, you will be in the order. So okay, Deuce okay, will okay. answer first. If he misses, Peter will get the chance. If he, and if he misses as well, Ray will have a, a free point from this game. So, so, and then, of course, next question is for Peter and, and so on. So the first guy for, for today, Roy Hibbert, Nuggets legend Roy Hibbert. Is this what for me? Yeah. Lakers. Lakers, and that's correct. That is correct. Roy Hibbert played only for the Lakers. I mean, he didn't play for the 76ers, he did play for a fair number of teams, just not the 76ers. Okay, Peter, a question for you Nuggets legend Bobby Jones, Sixers, only Sixers. <laughs> Final answer. Oh, that's it's a correct answer. Oh, actually, it's it's pretty sad to me actually because Bobby Jones played more seasons in Philly than in Denver. He played for four seasons in Denver, but two of those were in the ABA league. Okay, Ray, question for you. We are perfect for so far. Ray, Ish Smith. Whoa, uh, I, uh... another Nuggets legend, by the way. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember if I've That's seen him play. He played for all 30 teams, right? Yeah. I'm going to say both. I don't feel very confident about that at all, but I don't remember him playing for the Lakers. Okay, Ray, that is wrong. That is wrong. Okay. Deuce, your chance. Sixers. That is correct. He only played for the 76ers. Yes. It, it was an easy, easy get after we didn't get the Lakers there. Okay, <laughs> Deuce, it's your question. Now. We only have three more, don't worry. Trevor Ariza. Both. Both? Is that your final answer? Yeah. Both is wrong. Oh. Oh. He did not play for both teams. So, Peter, <laughs> time for you to grab a point. Oh, man, this is a layup. Lakers. Yes, he only well, played. Well, for the I Lakers. knew he played for the Lakers, Peter. I just thought he also played for the Sixers because <laughs> Daryl Morey lives in Philly. Yeah, he, right. he did play for like eleven <laughs> different teams, so you had a pretty good chance to to get that one. But no, Trevor is never played for the 76ers. Okay, now Peter, this is your question, right? Mm -hmm. Jim Jackson. Now we're going a bit into the past. Ooh. I'm going to say Sixers. Is that your final answer? Final answer. Ray, what is your answer? Because that's not correct. <laughs> okay, so I know he played for the Lakers. I mean, now we know. I'm just trying to remember if he played for the Sixers. I don't know who this is. This is a fake name. Uh, <laughs> there's no way this is a name. I remember this guy, mostly this guy played for Sacramento Kings. Uh, by, the, by the way, everybody... Everybody has played for the Lakers in my head because they yeah. just go players like crazy. So, um, 
Let's go Lakers only. Final answer. I think it's wrong. And that's also wrong. So, <laughs> Deuce. <laughs> do you remember what the first two answers were? Maybe you can get the right one now. Ray, did you just say Lakers only? I can't tell you that. <laughs> I'm going to go with both here. Yes, <laughs> yes both is the, the correct answer. You want to know how close I was to not getting that right? It's scary. <sighs> Look at that portion, guys. Wow. I, I would love to get a guy that looks Dude, like this. On the that's night. a good-looking guy. Yep, very good-looking guy. Okay, last question for, for today, and it's for Ray. Joe Smith, another guy, another you're, Nuggets legend. You're making up names. You're making up names. This is a Nuggets legend. He's the number one pick, wasn't <laughs> yeah, he? Yeah, he was number one overall. Okay. I do know Joe Smith. I can almost always – I feel like I'm, I can picture every one of these guys in a Laker uniform, but I, I'm like, did they play for the Sixers? Okay, I'm going to say both because it's like the default answer. Ray? No, no. Yes. You are correct. Point for you. Yes, Joe Smith actually did play for both of these teams and for the for the – NBA champions, Denver Nuggets. It's just that they weren't NBA champions when he was playing there. So, yeah. Okay, guys, that's that's it for today. Do you have any any topic that you would like to to tackle before we go out? Um, you know, just pretty cool that the Nuggets won the championship, guys, and it's been uh, really fun to think about that. Not that I don't think about it like twelve hours a day, anyway. So. <laughs> Uh, what a, what a pleasure on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. What we do have is, are those those receipts by by Wade and Nicola Static. Good good job from those. Guys. I think people I think people have gotten off easy. I mean, I'm ready. I'm ready to go to war for another for however long it takes. I think we got more stuff to say. Ray, something closing thoughts? Yeah. Um, so I think we all kind of agree here that Jokic is most likely the, like say in the last four years, the third best player behind Jordan and LeBron. At least that's how I feel. But it's kind of led, led me to start thinking about post-Jokic Denver Nuggets fandom. And it's just really bleak just thinking about that because we are so, so lucky that we have this guy who's like, he's like better than perfect. Like if you could have like before Jokic existed, Bro, why would you say this? Yeah. In, I don't in, want to in, think about this. I just said it's Saturday. I'm sorry. But you, you put Jokic in a lab, or you put a, you put your, you know, your you can just, you know, write up the best player, all of his attributes, and I don't think you could have made him as good as what we actually get to root for every every year. And just thinking about that not existing anymore, it actually kind of makes me sad. Now that you said that about uh, uh, post Jokic era. Peter, are you excited for the Lakers that um, they now have the guy for post-LeBron years, next five years of Anthony Davis? That's that's exciting, right? I mean, he's not a scrub. He's good. It's just, you know, Jokic is a tough matchup for him, just like Jokic is a tough matchup for anybody. Like, it was crazy because I, I just remember, you know, after we got through the Suns, so many people in the media were like, all right, well, now – it's going to end and Davis is going to shut Jokic down. And by the end of that series, I actually felt bad for Anthony Davis. Like that's how much, yeah, yeah, even yeah. as a diehard Nuggets fan, that's been watching this guy's whole career. 
I could not believe he gave him that ass whooping. <laughs> the, I mean, the crazy thing about how great Jokic is, I think it, I think he missed more shots in the Lakers series than like I would typically expect, and it still just didn't matter. Just. The, the, the funniest thing for me was from one of the Lakers accounts that said that, yeah, you think AD is injured, but he actually played in 194 games in the last four years, which is more than you know, Kawhi and more than PG and more than Steph. And uh, you're just naming guys that have been the most injured guys in the <laughs> league for the last four seasons. Like, kudos to, to you. I mean, that's that's less than 50 games right. per year. That's well, not that and Miroslav, you, you know what else was crazy about that series is Jokic didn't even look faced at the end. He didn't look like this was hard work for him. Do you remember in the bubble how exhausted he was after getting beat up by Dwight Howard, you know, fouling yeah. him every play? This was like a walk in the park for him compared to that. Yeah. He also played 14 games, though, didn't he, that year? Yeah, those first two rounds. So that yeah. was probably part of it. Yeah, but he he doesn't have – I don't think he's scared of the moment. It doesn't seem like – No. He, he just, he just solved it. Jokic just solved basketball. He just knows what to do. He's a different yeah. player now than three years ago. And it's, it's the conditioning, of course, but it's also the mental aspect of it. He's just – like, come on, guys. This is all you got? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Better than perfect. Okay. So, Nuggets basketball is still months away. So, you can expect some World Cup takes in the weeks ahead. I'm waiting to see the rosters finalized before making any predictions. But don't worry. There will be plenty of Nuggets takes as well. I will make sure to get another batch of great guests whose perspectives should be heard. See you in a week, and don't forget, you are still the NBA champions. Go Nuggets!